0: Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. So we're going to continue our little talk today on living in the light. And uh, we're going to finish this time. Won't go on too long today, but... I wanted to finish this time today. We're going to come up the altar in just a few minutes and we're going to stand here and be in God's presence and just breathe deeply here and hold our communion elements and take in and just rest in his presence as we we do that. Because today as we continue on living in the light, I was thinking about how we need to do that with a balanced life. We need to be balanced and have a balanced life to really live in the light. And this involves work and rest. Now over the years I found that when my kids were younger that I'd often ask the question how was your day they'd get home from school how was your day what do you think their answer was good, good. that's like the first answer that we say how are your friends good good excellent we're sitting around the dinner table and we say how was school good. all right <laughs> how's everything good. good good okay and if I was to do a survey on the most common response of that question, it's always going to be good, right. And uh, But all of a sudden we become adults and then I ask the question, so how was your day? Busy. busy. It changes from good. When did we grow up from being kids to being adults and it went from good to being busy, right? All of a sudden life is busy. And we start out, um, all of a sudden we go from uh, saying busy and then sometimes you get I'm tired, and the next time we get, I'm exhausted. Next time we get, I'm crazy busy. Next time we get, I'm burned out. And so we go from good, and then we become adults, and we become tired and exhausted. And I know people who've lived that crazy busy life. I've lived that crazy busy life too, and they start the year off in January on eight cylinders with all our great intentions for the year, and by the mid-year we're down to four cylinders, right? We're down to four cylinders and we're busy by mid-year and all of a sudden it gets to October and November and then we're starting to feel we're literally going and getting burned out. And by that time in January, we get to January, we're just crawling our way into December every year. I know, I know someone who's done that before and, and uh, very closely. <laughs> And to to celebrate our hard work of all the year, getting more and more tired and burned out, to celebrate, we finally get to Christmas holidays and we all get sick. And then we spend our break sick in bed, right? Anybody ever done this or is it just me? All right. So it's kind of like the wheels of our car. Have you ever been driving and you notice your car is pulling off to one side a little bit? And all of a sudden you look at your tyres and they're all worn down on one side of the tyre, but the other side of the tyre is perfect. The reality of that is that it's out of alignment, so it's wearing it out in one one part of the tyre. It needs to be aligned. It needs to be adjusted. You need to have an adjustment done. I was thinking that sometimes our lives like that are out of alignment. They're a little bit out of adjustment and we need for God to first plan to outwork in our life Uh, if we're going to live in the light we don't want to get worn out we need to get adjusted and get realigned on what is rest work and rest and put it in perspective because our wheels can be spinning and spinning like crazy and we're going down the highway at breakneck speeds and we get worn out one thing I want us to notice today is that Jesus never seemed to run to everything. He never ran to the next thing. We don't read in the Bible that Jesus rushed over to see the disciples and then he ran over to the temple to teach and then he bolted to the next city to do some more healing meetings and then he, he hurried off to the mountain to find God and have a prayer. We don't really see that. That's not the impression I get anyway when I read about the life of Jesus. So Jesus seemed to steadily go on about his father's business didn't he? Jesus seemed to steadily move in his father's business in a balanced way and in contrast we run and rush and bolt and hurry and stress in our work and in our lives. We rush through every day and we get worn out and we get tired and we often struggle to find the time to rest and just to have a breathe and a recover. Maybe it's not just a wheel alignment for you that you need in your life and wearing you out. Maybe your wheels are actually out of balance. There's another thing that happens to tyres in a car. I don't know too much about this, but I remember I did have one car where the steering wheel started to wobble back and forth like this, and all of a sudden I'd hit a certain speed on the highway, and not only would the steering wheel, the whole car would start shaking. I think this thing's going to fall apart on me. All of a sudden I realised this car is a big problem, but actually it was just the wheels were out of balance. I need to have the wheels balanced. I seriously thought I was in big trouble, but I just need to get rebalanced. I just need to get readjusted in that area of my life. So I thought today we'd have a little chat about work and rest and the way God would like us to do this and getting rebalanced in our lives. Does that sound okay? Because I don't want to see you just crawling over the finish line when we get to Christmas time and end up sick in bed and miss our Christmas service on Christmas morning. Is that okay? Which happens to be a Sunday this year, so you all need to be here. Is that okay? All right. So, as Paul encouraged the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15 58, is my life verse, one of my life verses. Paul said to stand firm. Oh, there we go. He said to stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Now, some of the things we crowd our lives with are actually pretty pointless, they're not really the work of the Lord. And I want you to stand firm. Say that. Stand firm. And I want you to be immovable. Say that. Be immovable. Not to be shaken. Not to be out of balance. I want you to let nothing move you or pull you off course because you're out of alignment. I want you to know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You know that all the hard work of your life you need to know that what is what god wants you to do and it's what you're focusing on and you know that your work and that your labor for the lord is not in vain the challenging thing here is to fully give yourself to the work of the lord isn't it that's the challenge fully give yourself to the work of the lord they're key words here now whether it be your work at school or your studies you do it for the Lord. Maybe you'll work as an employer or an employee, or if you run your own business, you do it for the Lord. The work of running a family home and parenting your kids, you do it for the Lord. Maybe the work of ministry and serving in the church here and helping us to continue build things around here, you're doing it for the Lord. You're not doing it for me. You're not doing it for others. We work as we're working for the Lord. We do our work fully for the Lord. Maybe your work is in ministry, in the marketplace, and building a company, a business. You're doing it what? For the Lord. Whatever your work is, or whatever you're engaged in, I want to see you fully give yourself to the work of the Lord. Now, that's an attitude in our hearts, isn't it? Wherever you are, we should be all there working for the Lord. I'm not working for myself. I'm not working for anybody else. I'm working for for the lord he's my boss remember that Colin Canon song jesus is the boss no you don't remember that <laughs> <laughs> i am not the boss ethan is not the boss jesus is the boss cause jesus is the mighty mighty king Jesus is the mighty, mighty king, and God made him the boss of everything, and Jesus is the mighty, mighty, Jesus is the mighty, mighty, Jesus is the mighty, mighty king. Yes, sir. Remember that? Now, Jesus wants us to live in a balanced kind of way as we work for the Lord, and it started for Jesus when he was just a young boy. He gave himself to the work of the Lord. As a child, he was only 12 years old when his parents went on their annual trip at the festival to the Passover in Jerusalem. And after the festival was over, his parents were returning home and on that day they were traveling, they realized Jesus wasn't with them. They realized, oh, what's he's got lost? They checked with all their relatives and their friends and they couldn't find Jesus anywhere. He's only 12 years old. I'd be panicking at this point. So they turned around and they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. And it says there that after three days, after three days of being lost, they found him in the temple court sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Jesus, a 12-year-old, says this. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be about my father's house? Wow. It could be translated, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? He was fully engaged in his work for the Lord. He knew his purpose at 12 years old. What 12-year-old knows their purpose like this? Not many 12-year-old boys today are focused on their God-given purpose for their life, but Jesus was. Jesus balanced his life perfectly between work and then with rest. He didn't work at 120 kilometers an hour to achieve more than what was possible. He just focused on his father's business. Steady, consistent, and then he rested in his father's presence. Working and resting. He had the balance. And I want to focus on rest for a moment. Some of you struggle having the right attitude about work, but some of you struggle having the right attitude about rest as well. For some of you, I think we just need to remind ourselves today we're going to get rebalanced on taking time to rest so that we don't crawl over the finish line come December 31st. Let's remember that work and rest are both ordained by God. And they have been since creation. God rested from all his work in Genesis 2.2. It says, by the seventh day... God had finished the work that He had been doing, and so on the seventh day He rested from all of His work. Why did God, the Creator, rest? Was He tired? Was God tired and needed to sleep? Now God doesn't get tired. He's not. Was He lazy? He just said, "I've had enough. I'm just going to have a rest," because He's lazy. He's a sluggard. No, God's not a sluggard. God's not lazy, and God's not tired, and He doesn't need to have a rest but he wanted to have a rest. So I've worked six days and the seventh day was going to rest. Why did he do that? Because God wanted to set an example for us to follow. Because he made us in his image and he wants us to have a rest. Did you know that your rest is blessed? Did you know that your rest is blessed? Read this. God blessed The seventh day, oh, next one. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Our rest is blessed. Say that with me. Our rest is blessed. As a Christian, you are blessed when you rest. Isn't that great news? It's not laziness to have a rest. You'll get blessed when you have a rest and you should do it. You should never feel guilty about having a rest. You should, after you've worked, you should stand back and you should look at it and not get guilty about not working. You should contemplate the work that you've done and say it is good and you should have a rest. It's actually part of God's plan for you. Some of you need to hear this because you're workaholics and you feel guilty about taking a rest. It's very quiet in the room now, isn't it? (laughs) You know that when God stood back after six days, he looked at what he'd made, he stood back, he contemplated it, he said, look, it is good. And then he said, the seventh day was a rest. Okay, after work, after school, after studies, after helping people, after serving, after doing the housework, after being out in the garden all day, after getting home from work, any work, You should step back from your work. You should look at it. You should contemplate it. You should say, it is good because I was working for the Lord, because that was my attitude towards work. It is good, and now I'm going to be blessed and have a rest. I'm preaching to myself too, just so you know. So your work pleases God. You need to know that. When you do that with the attitude that you're working for the Lord... In everything you do, it pleases God. And it should please you too. So then you can stand back and be blessed as you rest. Make time to rest and appreciate all that you laboured. Jesus told his disciples to rest as well. In the New Testament, Jesus speaks to the need that we have to rest. In Mark 6.31, in this verse, after a busy day of ministry, Jesus tells his disciples, he says, "'Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place.'" and get some rest find an hour here find an hour there go and have a nap and rest after working is it good to have a nana nap sometimes and just catch up should i feel guilty when i need to have a little power nap in the afternoon sometimes or no if i've been working hard for working for the lord i should be able to sit back and have a little rest as well so we need to take some time and and rest and think geez i'm being blessed while i rest Take a day off from the week and rest in God's presence. Our God, our day of rest is a principle from God. On our day of rest, we should say no to work and say yes to God. It's a time for renewal. It's a time for being in his presence. It's a time for being soaked in the Holy Spirit. It's a time to go and get well, let your body heal. It's a time for a drink of living water. It's a time of being refreshed, letting your soul be filled up again. It says in Exodus 20, 8 to 10, observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. You have six days in which to do your work, but the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to me. And on that day, no one is to work. Isn't it strange that we never argue with God over all the other 10 commandments, all the other commandments there? We don't argue about, you know, do not murder, or do not commit adultery, or do not use the Lord's holy name in vain, and We don't argue, but we just accept, yep, no, Lord, that's the best way. But what about this one? Keep the Sabbath day. Keep the day holy. Isn't it strange that we somehow think that that's not a good thing to do? We argue with God over having rest. We refuse to rest in his presence and stop working. We argue with him by the way we live, not verbally having an argument with God. You're arguing with him because you're not being obedient to it. we work and we work and we work and we struggle to take a day of rest and be blessed. Now if you're really going to do the the Sabbath right, church, I believe God's going to blow you away with what he can do through you by taking a day off. Way more than what you could do working, I can say that because the supernatural power can be at work in your life then and God can take over because you're being obedient to his word. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, because you're living the way he wants you to live, life is balanced and you can live in the light, the light of his glory. And we're obedient to his word. He can move powerfully in your life. If God says we should have a day off, then we should what? Have a day off. I don't know why we argue about this. If God said it, then I just believe it. And I want to live like that so important that we learn how to rest in God's presence there's a story about Jesus and his disciples they stopped at the house of Martha in Bethany and her sister Mary was there Uh, she lived there too and along with their brother Lazarus who was raised from the dead um, now Mary just sat there at Jesus feet and she was just listening to Jesus words just having a rest at his feet Martha, on the other hand, she was distracted. She's kind of going around preparing a meal and all these people had shown up. So she was really working hard to make sure everyone was being cared for, very hospitable. And and it would have been quite a lot of work, I think, at that moment, in being prepared to serve all the guests a a meal and and everything. And Martha was quite frustrated. Her sister Mary's just at Jesus' feet, not helping do anything. And, And so she told Jesus, can you just order Mary to get up and help? So she's not feeling this is not very fair. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, he said, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. That's what Jesus thought. And the point of this is that someone has to do the work someone has to do the preparation the serving the meal the you know but the point of the message here is that we need to see resting in Jesus presence as a first priority it wouldn't have done no harm for for Martha to come and spend a few minutes just resting at Jesus feet you know we'll eat a few minutes later who cares What's the first priority? Jesus is here. Imagine if Jesus was here right now, church. What's the first priority? That we rest at his feet, that we soak in his presence, that we come to him, open hearts, not run around and make sure the communion cups are in the right place and make sure that the vacuuming on the stage is done. And no, if Jesus was here, what would we be doing right now? We'd be on our knees. We'd be worshiping Him. We'd be singing to Him. We'd be praying. We're saying, "Jesus, it's so beautiful to have be here with you today." We'd be resting in His presence, wouldn't we? I was getting to that. Oh, you stole my punchline! He is here. Awesome. He is here. Now, what does that do to our minds? What does that do to our hearts when we recognize his presence? Jesus is here for you. He is here for you. We need to remember that we need to rest, not just work. As a pastor, I want to see more of Mary in you than Martha. I want to see Martha in you too. I love the way so many of you work so hard. And you're working as for the Lord. I know you are. It's admirable, but we need to sit at Jesus' feet and rest because that is our priority. That's what Jesus said. And I want to see you at this altar in a few minutes. And I want you to take just a few minutes quietly. We'll have the worship playing. I want you to think, pray, take your communion, and enjoy his presence. The worship team, you guys come up and get ready for that. And you can begin to play quietly as we prepare our hearts for communion. I want us to sit at his feet. this will stand here at this altar. You can kneel if you'd like to. Just take a moment. Let's build a house of prayer. Let's build a house of worship. Let's build an atmosphere where his presence can touch your heart. Where the Holy Spirit can speak to you. Where he can transform your life. Where he can change you. you. See, it's in those moments, not when we're running around like a chook with our head cut off. It's in the moments when we rest in his presence. Some of you tend to be more like Mary in your Christian walk, while others resemble more Martha's. I'm sure we've got the qualities of both Mary and Martha within us. We may be inclined to let times let our busyness and and that our work distract us from spending that quality time just with Jesus and listening to his word and listening to his Holy Spirit speak to us. I mean, it's significant to note, though, that Jesus didn't admonish Martha for, for working. He admonished her for being worried and upset, actually. You're worried and upset about this. When you're working. He wasn't saying don't work. He was saying get the balance right, though. Your attitude's not right. And so, yes, we need to work for God, but we need to rest in his presence. Serving is a good thing, amen? We should serve God in all areas of our life. We should work for him. And that's been made clear today. But it's a priority to spend time at Jesus' feet, because when we rest, we are blessed.